You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. I'm not going to lie. I still I still get like, you know, apprehensive at times, you know, but as th- you know, it's practice. It's practice, practice, practice. I think everything everything requires everything requires constant a constant uh interest and a constant uh g- I'm a, for lack of better words, you just you just got to keep keep on and keep pressing and keep fighting through these. And if it's if it's if it's something, I okay. I'll, I'll say this. I would start out. I would start out with if I was given if I was given a tip to to uh, some a young photographer, I would tell. Let's start out. Why don't we start out with a friend of a friend that you don't know, and just start out there and then you know uh you know you got to take chances this is part this is the all it's just the it's a it's just rolling the dice and so you know life life is gonna hit you it's gonna slam you and it's gonna drag you through the through the mud so i think i think it plays a big part in 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 uh preparing for life and 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 also dealing with life's adversities we you know it's it's taught me a great deal Hello everyone and welcome to episode 214 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm great. I'm great. I am so excited about this week's um, episode because you've interviewed Donato DiCamillo, who does amazing photography. And so I'm very, very excited to hear what Donato has to say. He's got such an interesting story. But before we get on to Donato, we want to give a big shout out to Richard H. Now, Richard H kindly left us a review and rating on iTunes. And Richard said, This inspiring podcast keeps giving. The hosts, Gina and Valerie, offer lots of useful tips and ideas to improve your photography for beginners to more pro levels. They are friendly, positive and helpful. I've learned so much about composition, lighting and exposure. I can now shoot in manual mode, use a flash and take better shots. As a member of the Gold community, I've met luck-minded people with a passion for photography. Overall, I highly recommend this podcast for anyone who wants to become a better photographer. Wow, awesome, Richard. Thank oh, you so, so much cool. thank for you, taking Richard. the time. Yeah, that is really, really cool. And if anyone else has 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, that would be so awesome because it really helps us in the rankings. Now, Richard mentioned that he is a member of the Gold community 
community and we love our gold community over here over here at Gina And if you'd like to find out more about what that awesome community entails, have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which is this awesome interview with Donato DiCamillo. He's got such a unique story, such a unique background, Gina, hasn't he? Fantastic story, and his photos are just incredible. They are. Now, um, he... Donato uh, grew up in Brooklyn, like in the seventies, as in uh, Brooklyn in, in the in America, New, Brooklyn, New York. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and uh, sort of uh, immigrant Italian family, mm-hmm. and uh, knocked around at some stage in his life. Kind of um, started uh, hanging around with a few people that uh, maybe uh, led him astray mm-hmm. and, and made a few decisions um, which were probably uh, weren't weren't great for him and and he ended up in federal prison now wow Here's where it gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, the, the, you know, there's kind of a few ways to go, and this is a tough place to be in a federal prison. Yeah. And uh, what he did was either side of his sentence, he had a few years of house arrest, a few years in prison, and then a few years on the other side in house arrest. And mm. what does Donato do? He decides to teach himself photography. Great. So this is around uh, to, as YouTube starting to happen around 2008, not long ago, Val, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, he starts reading blogs and watching YouTube teaches his, himself photography. Here's where it gets interesting. Doesn't have a camera <laughs> to practice on because okay. you can't have cameras in prison. So for the house arrest time before he goes into prison and the time that he's in prison, he can't actually um, shoot or practice. Mm. So it's just all learning the stuff. When he gets out of prison, that's when it starts to get interesting. He's still on house arrest. He's uh, in this uh, small little room. His family um, pass around the hat and they get him an entry-level camera and he starts taking photos of things like spider webs Mm. and water droplets, macro photography of bugs and things like that. And that's how he learns how to shoot in manual mode and practice his photography. And then 
his parole officer actually sees that he has this keen interest, what a top guy this is, the parole officer, and then suggests that, well, you know, why don't you go out on the street? And that's where this guy learning photography in prison goes out and then with everything he's learned, everything that he's experienced in his life, starts taking images of the people that he sees on the street. And uh, there's also a link to, in the show notes, to the YouTube, some YouTube videos that show Donato um, out on the streets photographing. I think it's really important that you see the style that he shoots. He's a big guy, over six foot muscular, yet the way that he shoots Mm. with this compassion and tenderness and it oozes out of every image. There is so much energy. His work is beautiful. Please go and even have a look at the show notes, have a look at his work, get a sense of who he is before you listen to this interview because it's probably one of the favourite interviews I've done so far, Val. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy it. Donato Di Camillo, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hey, Gina. Nice to nice to be here. It's great to have you on. I'm really excited to chat to you today. Just before we get started, just for our listeners, where in the world am I speaking to you from? Well, actually, I'm a Brooklynite, but uh, currently living in Staten Island, New York. Fantastic. And that's where you do a lot of your photography. That's like your your um, sort of your home ground, isn't it? Well, uh, I I was raised I was born and raised in Brooklyn, so I'm familiar with the streets of Brooklyn much more. And there's a lot there's a lot more uh, subject matter in 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 the city. I mean, I consider Brooklyn more uh, urban, so it's it's there's more of a platform for you know for, for photography there for, for me anyway because I I like to use a human thread as is for my images. Yeah. Now, now on your images, like, like when I look at your work and I've actually, there is a quite a few YouTube videos out there that show you shooting. The first words that come to mind when, when I see you and, and your work is like words like joy, compassion, tenderness, heart and passion. You, you physically are a, a big guy, like you're over six foot, right? Over six foot, quite fit, muscular, quite an imposing, but yet you've got this, this really sweet kind of teddy bear energy. And so when you're photographing people, I see you kind of approaching them in this, uh, beautiful way. And, there's just just before we get into your story, I I, I found a quote from you um, that talks about that passion you have for your photography, and it's like I don't photograph people to just photograph people. I photograph people to photograph their soul, their heart, the emotion behind the eyes. That's what I really like to photograph. It's like a window to the soul for me. It tells me about the person. It tells me about myself. That's beautiful, and. That, that that seeing that and seeing that passion is amazing and what is even more amazing is like is it true that uh you actually your first the time you did your first street shot was four years ago probably 214 
I mean, roughly, technically, yeah, it was four years ago. Um, I fiddled around with a camera, you know. I mean, we could we could get into the house arrest thing. Yeah, yeah, we, we're we're going to get into all of that. But it's so so four years, and yeah, four. and four years for anyone is that is remarkably uh, like fast because your work uh, displays a like the sophistication of someone who has been shooting like a veteran who's been out there and done this a lot. So so that to me was like. I don't know. You were like born to do this, Donato. It's like so there, you, you hear about artists, and I've certainly interviewed artists that you hear about them being raised by uh, artists, painters, or a long line of photographers, and it's like that the language of art's in their DNA. And yet, you know, you, with everything that happened to you, um, create this beautiful work. So, let, let's get into how you got into it because it, it is uh, a really uh, fascinating story. So you gr- you say you grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. I uh, and so uh, just describe for, for the listeners what – and that's in the 70s, right? Well, I would – yeah, as a child. As a child in the 70s. 70s. What, 70s. What, yeah, you know. What was it like there and you – like to, your family migrated from Italy – and yeah. uh, were you born in America or were you born in Italy? No, I was born in America. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so they come over, and uh, was was it a, like a whole neighborhood? Was it like a little Italy kind of thing that was going on there? Yes, absolutely. We grew up in, uh, I guess you could call it a Italian ghetto type yeah. of uh, situation. Um, uh, everybody in the area. Um, was spoke Italian. I, I think. I think the the thing was, I grew up in a place called Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, and and for some for some strange reason, everyone migrated to this section in Brooklyn where uh, there was uh, little Italian pastry shops and 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 imported uh, salamis and hams and stuff like that. So. Of course, you know, the Italians wanted to stay true to their heritage and, and their traditions. And so they they all they pretty much migrated to that area. And, and with that uh, came uh, a lot of, uh, you know, interest in other ethnicities, if you will. Yeah, that was I was living in I was living in, in such a closer conference of all Italians always. Yeah, I was. It's curious, that's where the the curiosity of of other other cultures started to kind of uh, plant the seed in in my head, you okay. know, in my mind. And so d- during that time, like your mum's working, um, she's sewing in a factory, right? And then your dad, what 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 is it that your dad did? My dad, my dad, he passed away last year. God I'm sorry to hear that. I appreciate it. Um, he was a longshoreman. He was he was a he worked on the docks and he brought in freight from other countries uh-huh. and kind of like uh, on the waterfront. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Uh, he grew up uh, real uh, tough, yep. tough Italian, uh, blue collar working kind of yep. guy. And it's so it's a tough neighborhood. Parents mm-hmm. are working long hours. Uh, yeah. 
you, uh, as part of this community, I can certainly relate to this. You were the different kids because I, I, growing up in Australia in the 70s, like you, uh, I was part of a community where there might have been uh, only two or other th- three other Italians at my school. So we were the different ones and we were often teased. Um, so you copped a bit of that and a bit of other stuff. Uh, I don't know, maybe made a few uh, choices that, at the time weren't weren't the best for you, but you, you kind of got involved with, um, I don't know, made a few bad decisions. And I guess long story short, you ended up uh, in federal prison, right? Yes. <laughs> like many of the people on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so many on Wall Street. But, yeah, you know, I made some bad decisions. Yeah. I'm, I'm not making light of it. And, no. again, I'm not joking about, no. you know. Of course, being in prison was was a horrible thing, but in a way, it was probably one of the best things that happened to me. Being that exactly, yeah. so uh, I, look, uh, I don't know if you know this about me. I love quotes, and uh, th- there is one that I found. I think that uh, I just want to read out before we keep going. So you can't undo a single thing we have ever done, but we can make decisions today today that propel us to the life we want and towards the healing we need. Uh, in that time, so like when uh, stuff happens and I've got my mum has a beautiful Sicilian saying that when stuff isn't quite going right, she always says it. She says it in Italian, but just I'll explain it in English. The quote is um, from shit. <laughs> Good things grow, and she always says that. And so, from kind of from adversity, like you can you can rise, and and great things happen. So, I guess th- there was like the prison sentence, and either side of that, you you had uh, rather than being inside, you were under house arrest. So, is that just a, a way to uh, kind of ease you out of the prison system and and get people out into the workforce again? It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, I guess, a way to integrate you into the, into the system, into the program, into the, you know, the prison uh, system, and back out. I was, right. I was on house arrest prior yeah. to, and afterwards, I was yeah. on house arrest for two years. So it kind of prepares you for what you're, and also they, they, they like to keep a close eye on you. Uh, and and watch what you're doing and make sure that you're keeping yourself, you know, you know, you're not doing the wrong thing. And So you have um, – there's a parole officer that takes care of you or that you need to check in to make sure that you're not going to um, – skip out on the on the parole right yeah well my bail was 1.7 million dollars so if I, if I if i skipped out i would have probably you know i would have lost a lot of wow you know the home and yeah, a lot of yeah. their paychecks as well but um i mean that's neither here or there but they 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 make sure that the the, the federal government makes sure that you're doing you know you're doing <laughs> for sure so, so just paint a picture that that like obviously when 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 you were uh, actually in jail in the Fred, federal prison you is it that is it then that you uh, and just prior to that to keep your mind active that's when you decided to uh start teaching yourself photography is that right 
Well, I was always a dream, like I was always a daydreamer, dreamer, and I was always, I was always that type of person. I, I, I it, it had this instilled in me. It was inept. It was something that I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching programs on, on science and, uh, you know, like the Discovery Channel, like and Nova, and all these types of fo- programs. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I explained in one in one situation where Jacques Cousteau was 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 a program, and many young people out there probably uh, won't won't even remember that name. But Jacques Cousteau was a, a a deep a deep sea diver, and he was I think I believe he was he was one of the pioneers to the aqualung uh, the the apparatus that mm-hmm. makes you breathe. That allows you to breathe on the way, whatever. Anyway, I would watch programs like that. I was always interested in how things worked and people's behaviors. And uh, yeah, and I think it derived from the curiosity of of being in in such, uh, you know, I guess I was it was a very close knit. You know, we all uh, you got to understand, I, I grew up around only Italians. Yeah. So. And then a few Irish, of course, I had a very, very, it was also integrated with an Irish area, but the Irish hung with the Italians in the area. So it was pretty much, if you were Irish, you were like an honorary Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or or honorary Irishman. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it it was, uh, so I always dreamed how it would be to, you know, how these people lived in, in other, you know, continents and, and different parts of the world. I just love exploring, uh, the facets of, of, uh, and the complexities of life. It's just, it's just something that was always instilled in me and always my dad, my dad, uh, was big into science and social studies. And I think it rubbed off on me. He was also an artist as well. Um, but he would paint, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a Picasso, but he mm. did it as a hobby my uncle was an art director, so I picked up little, you know, little, little, little things that I, I picked up along the way. I guess you could say just from being around them. And you were all like you were in a, a, a like you all lived in the in a tenement house. Is that right? So you were all in close proximity. So you got to watch him, uh, your uncle, and uh, doing his work. Is that right? Yes, as an art an director. Art, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was an art director in in Manhattan. And sometimes I'd go upstairs because we all lived. You got to understand, my family in when when they migrated into into New York, they managed to buy four four homes on the same block on the same strip, right next to each other. So it was like a chain of of homes. And so, you know, if I wanted to, you know, my uncle Dominic, which was the art director, lived upstairs and he had, a, you know, a pallet downstairs where he where in the basement where he would do work, where he would uh, do his uh, paintings. And he was into Renaissance work and, and, uh-huh. and period pieces like that. And so that's where I would I would just be in awe with of the paintings that he created. It was just amazing. And yeah, so it kind of, you know, it was there was there was a there was a an air of, of artistic uh uh I don't I am for a, I'm a loss for words. Influence right now. it was there but and your dad also uh used to bring home 
National Geographics and Life magazines. Yeah. Uh, not from what he'd find them. What, what the lady up the road was uh, putting them out, bundled up. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A woman, a woman that lived in and actually lived in in uh, our tenement, one of our tenements, a four family tenement. We all we all lived in a four family tenement at that time, and so. It was very odd for, for an outsider to live in a tenement because we like to keep the family in. But this woman, we made an exception. She was elderly and, and yeah. we we had her. We took her in and she was like family. And she loved National Geographic and she'd tie her, her, her bundles up when she was ready to discard them and put them by the garbage. And my dad would just pick up the bundle and bring them inside and say, you'd like, you know, you know, and just ask me if I if I'd like to read them. And and I did. I I, I just rifled through all the photographs. I loved it. I loved, <laughs> you know, everything about it. And so now you get you sort of you get, you you're absorbing these visuals, but like we don't know you know what's going to happen in the future. So we we fast forward now. So that was when you were a boy growing up, and now it's uh, you know many many years later, and you are you in prison. You started to study photography. Is that right? And when you were in house arrest prior to going in, you so we're talking two thousand and eight. Is that right? 2008 was, uh, yeah, my sentencing, yes. Yeah. I was sent, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got uh, YouTube and things like that, and is that is started to teach yourself photography, but did you have a camera at that point? In the prison? Yeah. Oh, no. The camera, no was, my, the camera was in my mind. I mean, there was a staff photographer that took prison, uh, prison inmate, uh, they took a photographs of uh the inmates with families and stuff like that yeah. but unfortunately i i signed for it and i i didn't get the gig <laughs> oh you wanted to be the prison photographer that would have yeah, been fantastic I, they didn't give it to you well you know you had to know somebody yeah and, and, oh you had to know somebody and i was kind of new and i was trying to to kind of weasel my way <laughs> into that uh, into that position because it was a real uh, cushy that, job. That, that's a, that, it, that's a coveted job to to be the the photographer. So, did you get to spend any time with the photographer? Did you get to watch him, uh, or was it you, you weren't even allowed? It was it was it, you know I imagined what I would take photographs of, and so it was more for me. The power came through in 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 uh, the subject matter, and of course everybody takes photographs to send to their to their loved ones at home. Yeah. But I was more inclined to look at, you know, uh, the facial expressions and the yeah. I mean, there's so many poignant. Uh, I I can't explain it. It's just a really it's it's a very strong presence. Yeah, and where I was, it was in I was in Petersburg, Virginia, and it, it was uh, it, we had a lot of Mexican mafia and and a lot of drug uh, cartel type of uh, uh, inmates coming through, and it was a you know gang member a yeah. lot of it was it was a mixed bag of craziness, <laughs> and I I loved I love I loved. Not, not that you know. I, 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 uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't, I don't give approval to. Uh, of to, course. Yeah. But the visuals must have been for someone that is a visual person. It must have been just stunning for your mind. Is that what? Be- yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, I get it. And even even the artwork that they create mm. was something that I would probably have photographed or filmed or yeah. created a documentary of if I could, if I was allowed a camera in there. Yes. So mm-hmm. there must have been here. You are learning uh, the craft as like you're watching the you, you like. It sounds like you had quite. You, you spent like every waking hour watching videos and and reading blogs, and then you're looking around and it must like there's this visual feast going on in front of you. So are you then taking images in your mind? So you're seeing things going, there's a photo, there's a photo. Are you imagining how you would take that photo? And are you seeing it in black and white? Are you seeing it in color, a combination? Are you changing it? All the above. Yeah. Uh, I saw in black and white. I began seeing in black and white and I began seeing in color and I would, you know, after a while for me it was it was it became it became okay this is i want to do this i actually going to try to do this when i get home. and so while i was you know let's say walking through the yard i was in the yard all the time yeah. that was my you know i just hated being in the cell or you know in the tv room and anyway trouble breeds in those areas right. anyway so well, it breeds everywhere. <laughs> I stood far away from it, and everybody respected my 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 position uh, there because I respected everybody else's. And so I would just sit back and just watch just everything unfold. And it was just it would it, it, if I had a camera, I, I I tell you, it would have been something some crazy body of work. Yeah, very poignant, very strong stuff. Um, and the stories that went along with a lot of the inmates that I met were beautiful, heartfelt. Um, I can't explain how how wonderful some of these people were. And then there were some that were really horrible, and they just they they were just cold, and they just didn't have the 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 aptitude to, to love or maybe it was just too suppressed, you know, you know, we don't know what's going on with people. So we have to, we have to, you know, treat it with kids gloves and then right. with these types of situations anyway. So do you think that having, uh, we're talking six years of pre visualizing images, do you think that had a um a positive effect on your work? Because it, it's like you spent six years rehearsing your first photo shoot. Well, my first photograph was a photograph of uh it was really quite opposite of of, of the interior of, of the prison system or whatnot or or that type of that type of uh let's say Aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, it was a picture of a woman looking out. These are one of the pictures that I recall. I, my very first photo was a picture of a woman uh, homeless and very lonely. It, I mean, it was sub degrees. It was really freezing out. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't have a lot of <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to go out. And so when I did, when I was allowed to. I, I took this photograph. I made this photograph. Make it, took it, whatever you want to. You yeah. know, some people 
argue the case. It's making both, the phone. Both. Whatever. <laughs> right. So uh, at that time, I could say I took the photograph. I snapped the photograph of this woman looking out into the ocean. And it was just, and there, it was just this lonely, really, and I, and I could identify with how lonely and how isolated this woman felt because I, I felt I was just coming, I was being integrated back into society and it was such a strange place for me and I felt very alone and I had to rearrange everything in my life and I had to start being a grown up now and I had to start, you know, abiding by the rules and, 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 and I'm not, <laughs> I like doing things my way. And yeah. it's uh, it's it, it's just one of those things where, you know, it, it was a very touching and it was a very powerful moment. Although the photograph was might not show that, you know, it might not show that to another person. But for me, it it was very, very, very powerful. Yeah. And in, in, in the fact that I felt probably exactly how that woman was feeling very alone cold and and distant and and, and the the vast the, the 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 view of the ocean was just endless and i could see endless you know hurdles and and you know that's 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 what that's what the the first photo i i took that that kind of hit hit home that I had changed my life. Yeah, I just want to go back to so when you come out and you're out of the federal prison and you're under house arrest, uh, just describe. Uh, so you're in a, a, a small room. You're staying in a room. Uh, do you have a job? Do you go to work and back? And um, I think it's I your family all. Um, Pulled, pulled their resources so that and they bought you a like a an entry level Canon I think with a macro lens is that right? You did your research. I done my research and um, so it's that it's that camera and that macro lens and you're in a um, a small a small room or or it's like a bed sit I guess we would call it. That's when you started to actually physically train with 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 the tools, with the camera, and you started doing macro. And like, this is fascinating because it's like I've got you know students and people emailing that say I don't have time to learn photography, or I can't get out into a city like New York, or I can't. I'm not near the beach. Um, but you you found beauty in a small room to, to photograph. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. You could find, so you could find subject matter anywhere. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. it's just a matter of what, of what you want to create yeah. and what it, you know, how it, how it resonates with, with, uh, with, with, you know, uh, what you're trying to, you know, uh, you know, you know what I mean? How, yeah. how, yeah. how it, falls into to what you're trying to create as far look i didn't i didn't think i would be photographing bugs yeah. and i didn't think i didn't think i didn't know how interesting they were it was just a, <laughs> it was uh, it was amazing to see them up close through a macro lens and and uh, there were some photographs that were strikingly unbelievably beautiful mm. and you don't see these beautiful colors although the bugs may be a little bit hard to look at you see for me i was seeing 
the beauty in the in the bugs. Not I wasn't seeing you know the creepy the creepiness yeah. of of of, the, of uh, the creature. I was I was seeing what how beautiful it was. So so you th- that's where you learnt basically to shoot in manual mode. You sort of using that time when you're uh, in house arrest, photographing the the bugs, spider webs, what what you've like water on a windowsill, whatever you could find, textures, and then are you uploading them to your computer, having a look, and then, you know, having another go to make it better and always were you challenging yourself? Was it all that that, that sort of discipline that you used to uh, in that time to teach yourself how to shoot? Yeah, it was a manual mode all the way. Every yep. every 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 tutorial, uh, you know, was stressed. You must use manual mode yep. to you know, to learn the camera well. And and I did, and I and I learned how to how to how to uh, to shoot everything manual. It wasn't uh, you know, and I still do to the to today. Yep. You know, most people ask me why do you why why don't you use you know, TTL on your flash. And it's just about control. It's just about controlling, you know, you know, my images and what, what I want to get out of, you know, my final product or whatever. All right. So I think we almost touched on it before with the the shot of the woman on the beach, but there was a moment, I think when your parole officer says, do you want to like ask you about your photography and actually like said, do you want to go out and take photos? Is that right? And so, that moment after – so three years house arrest before you go into the federal prison, then three years in federal prison, how long were you into house arrest before the, the, you were able to go out and shoot? And what did that feel like, that first moment that you get to shoot whatever you want? What what was that like? It was – it was it – was, <laughs> It was surreal. It was it was odd because I was I kind of felt uncomfortable carrying a camera around my neck. I felt this wasn't the person you have to understand. <laughs> this this was completely. It was it was just very strange to see Donato Di Camillo walking around with a camera around his neck, and especially. <laughs> At that point, I think I moved to, to a D2 or whatever it was. Uh, I had a Rebel. I started with Rebel, and then I moved right up, and I bought <laughs> everything there is to buy. Right. And with a D2, I brought out my uh, Canon, you know, 70 to 200 millimeter. Oh, you know. All right. You were serious. Did, did you just feel like – like so, you, you know, you had like this – tiny room that you're photographing in and suddenly after all those images all your life all that research suddenly it's like okay you're out in the world did you just was it overwhelming did you feel like some a kid in a lolly shop at at, at like you know candy store how was like it must but if my head would have exploded i think i I did i felt (laughs) i felt on what in one sense i felt really uh I felt odd. I really got to tell you, I did feel odd going into my old neighborhood and, and, and I had this feeling that maybe somebody might see me. How am I going to explain <laughs> this? What are, they, what are they thinking that I'm working for the federal government? Uh, yeah. They, there's all kinds of questions that were popping into my head. And then I said, you know, hell with it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just do me. And that's when another, another, I had a good, a really 
a nice moment when I met this woman. Uh, she was on a, a government uh, food line, and, and uh, I think I explained this in uh, another uh, segment. Yeah. But anyway, I'll explain it. You know, she she was arguing for a, a bologna sandwich for her kid an extra bologna sandwich and I was just so disappointed she was she was complaining she was she was confronting the gentleman that was handing out the you know for goodwill or what what have you she I mean I just found it crazy that they wouldn't give her an extra bologna sandwich and so I invited her to a diner I had no idea who she was she spoke Italian because I heard the Italian accent and and so I asked her, I approached her in a, and, and I asked her in Italian, I said, would you like for me to buy you a hamburger for your son? You, I hear, I overheard you talking about, you know, wanting an extra bologna sandwich for your kids. And so she agreed and we went to get some burgers. And long story short, I wound up in our apartment and that was probably one of uh uh, that was the that was where I learned how how to kind of uh, I learned that not not I not literally learned but I I, I learned that uh, talking to people and and uh, trying to find out who they were gave me a, a better a better um, let me say um, like a kind of uh, it gave me more of an opportunity to get inside of uh, to create a better photograph, and, and yeah, by connecting, I'm, you're connecting with the people. Are you making it a human moment, not just um, yeah, uh, stealing a shot? Like it could, it would have been quite easy in that moment to go, "Here's your hamburger, give me a photo." But there's right. no that there's no real exchange there. But to go back, and she invites you back. And then there you are in the room. And then that that image that you took went on and won. Um, it was published in Nat Geo. Is that right? Yeah, for like a love snap uh, photo. Yeah. They do a series of, uh, and Nat Geo was my like, you know, yeah. hey, I love Nat Geo. It was, it was, and I thought I was like, oh my god, what a head explode moment, hey? That would have been very cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, I was only out a couple of. I mean, I would say days, you know. All right, so you're two days out of prison, two days out of house arrest, and you get an image published uh, on online. You you win a contest for Nat yeah. Geo. You your photos recognised, um, and that happens out of a moment um, on on your part of kindness. Uh, so there 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 is this. Uh, style that, you, that you, you you seem to go on and develop from there so so now that you're out there uh how long do you feel it took you to because you're saying you're, you're you're out there with the 70 to 200 is that how you did your first uh street photos where you back a bit from everyone when is it that because like your style appears to be very uh up up front, you're very close. You're very, very close to people and working with Flash. But from from what I've seen and and all the interviews and the research I've done, it seems to be a lot of it with permission, with the cooperation of the people. 
Was that always the case? A lot of it, a lot of it is, and a lot of it isn't. I mean, mm. uh, it depends on it depends on on the photograph. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, look, it's a different time, Gina. Yeah, you know, in the, in the world of photography, we have millions of uploads and and and, and millions of photos being uploaded every day, and so. I knew that to stand out, I had to, I had to, or not to stand out, to create my own kind of uh, look, or I knew that, I knew that I had to, it had, there had to be a different, there had to be a different approach for me. Yeah. You know, others might disagree, and but for me, it was more about, you know, getting close and, and understanding what the person, and when you understand the person, uh, the photo just shy, the photo just comes through much much clearer as far as uh, as far as the soul is is concerned. Yeah. yeah. Because you get to you, you know you ask a couple of questions and you get to know them and then you just click you take that shot without them knowing it just it just yeah I I may you know I may talk to them and I may ask permission but. While I'm while I'm engaging in conversation, I'll click a photo, yeah. and then it's, it's in that time where I might catch the vulnerability or whatnot, the little idiosyncrasies that that I that I really uh, I really go after. Yeah, yeah, and I see that. Sorry, I see that it's like in that split second because you're getting that image so fast that the person that's in front of the camera doesn't have time to. Uh, I don't know. I find that often if someone knows there's a camera in front of them and it's with permission, the, the, the photo face still happens. Like they prepare for that moment when you take the photo. So it's not, it's not authentic. Like when you try and get that hundred percent unguarded moment, that's what I see in your images. It's that, that energy that. That's the only way I can explain it. That, you know, that, that unguarded flash, bang, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 it, it, it you know, and in some cases, look, I, I've I've <laughs> I've taken photos where if it's taken me, you know, I mean, and this is when when I'm getting paid for, let's say, headshots for businesses and and mm. things of nature. Um, some 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 folks are incredibly difficult to photograph because it's so self-conscious once that camera is in front of them, yeah. they become so uncomfortable. And it's at that point where I have to become a photographer, a psychologist, a friend and, and all the, all the above. I mean, you know, it, it really plays for me. I think it's a, it's a crucial, it plays a crucial part in photography. I agree. Get, somebody and especially if you're doing a long-term project or- i agree yeah there's a there's a few projects it's uh now i've got a lot of images in the show notes but the american truths unwritten now is that that's still a, an ongoing project that you're doing yeah I, I was commissioned i was commissioned to louisiana for 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 uh, uh it was it was at the time when Donald Trump and was was uh, running for for president, and we thought I uh, was in joy, uh, Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana, and um, and we thought there would be some kind of you know uh, 
some kind of interesting <laughs> moments that that might occur there. And surprisingly, it it, uh, it, it there was nothing. But yeah. uh, I what I did find was was that being out. I forgot the question. I'm totally off the question. So, so yeah. the the American Truth Unwritten is that is that is that, is yeah. that project continuing? Are you still shooting yeah. images for that? Yes. Yes, it started there though. Yeah. Is what uh, I, and it's continuing. So now with these images, it's um you're you're finding the subjects that you're photographing. They're agreeing to an image, and it's like that split second that you what? How long have you got with them? Because it looks from the I looks of it, the energy it's very quick. It's it's very it's it's very quick, very mm. very quick, and it's incredibly difficult to capture. Yeah, you know, the eyes you have to, the eyes have to hold on the photo, and there's little attributes that 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 I I think uh, work into the photo that make it work as well. Yeah, and sometimes you know we, we shoot a lot of crap, and we we all do obviously, and yeah, uh, you know. I think American Truths Unwritten can go on forever because there's just so many, so many, I find people, I find people so interesting and, and I think, I think that'll go on for a while till, uh, but it'd be mostly portraits, you know, yeah, just close up portraits. Yeah. All right. So, uh, it's a couple more questions. Um, so you're talking about like, Playing the long game with, with, with uh, and I think this is, comes into like having growing up like you did on 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 the st- the street smarts that you have, um, and the and the knowledge that you have that sometimes uh, you 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 need to wait to get the photo and you need to maybe approach someone uh, several times and, and have them get to know you and and you've done that with a few people where you've not taking the photo the first time you see them, get to know them, show your face, show your face. Do you want to talk about that, playing the long game to get the shot? Sure, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's important. I mean, I think people should, you should take advantage of, of if, if you're frequenting uh, a certain area, I think it's important to, to be known and to be seen uh, with the camera, to have people, kind of, uh, you know, drop their guard and feel more comfortable. You know, a lot where I work, you know, where I've been working in this Coney Island, which is ending probably this year, mm. um, people know me everywhere. They and know so you now, so that's harder for you to get the... Yeah, it's it's well, it's a lot easier for me to, 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 to get closer to people because they see me all the time. And so... Right. You know, it's a it's a it's a pretty close knit community. You know, and a lot of the beachgoers, if it's on the beach or it's on the streets, they know that this guy here, he's a good guy. And I do help the poor. I give them haircuts, and I and yeah. I uh, I even give free uh, um, workshop photo workshop for for kids. I give out the disposable cameras. Fantastic. I have them take it home, and then I'll develop the film for them. And uh, and surprisingly, <laughs> some of the photos are much more. <laughs> That's great. So, Good on them. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a. I think that plays. Uh, I think I, I I learned I learned that from one of the old uh, who I old photographers I admire. Um, 
uh, I think Bruce Davidson's uh, mentioned, you know, um, staying close to, you know, and working in an area and getting to know, you know, your your surroundings. And it right. helps. It helps because sometimes when you're in a bad area, you could you could run into trouble. Yeah, you've got to be careful. You can't just wander in anywhere. But but when they know you, so they're going to allow you um, to get in closer and and do more than say an outsider or a stranger. That they're going to be on guard with you. They're more relaxed, so you can get really um, sort of intimate mm-hmm. photos, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, same goes on the beach. Uh, when I'm doing this beach series, when I was creating this beach series, the, all the lifeguards know me, so they hold my gear, and, and really? they're really, yeah, they're really great people, you know. So if I'm going in the water, and I and I, if I'm going in the ocean, and I need to take a photograph from in from from the ocean, they'll hold my bag. Usually, I carry a knapsack to the yeah. beach, and. And they'll watch my gear, and and I'll work, and and it's just it's 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 it is a great benefit to, to knowing where where your surroundings. So so just on the style, just um just take me through quickly. You you are you working with? Uh, are you mirrorless now? What are you using as a, a camera? I'm using a a, a, mir- a mirrorless uh, Leica M. Two four MP two forty. Okay. And, uh, all um, digital. Uh, it's a digital. It's a digital. Uh, it's a digital camera. It, it's mirrorless. I, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm not a real technical fanatic, but yes, it's mirrorless. Uh, I'm just joking. Yeah. It's a mirrorless MP two forty, and I usually shoot anywhere from twenty eight to twenty four millimeters. So I have to be, you yeah. know. Pretty really? close to to, to yeah. fill the flame, and so when you're out there, just just like thought process, are are you seeing images like because it's all it seems to happen very quickly by the looks of the images that you take. So are you seeing something out of the corner of your eye and reacting? Uh, are you setting up shots because it seems to be there's a combination of that's a setup shot. I've I've seen you in your videos actually posing uh posing people in the most tender and beautiful way i you have a really <laughs> lovely energy i have to say it's really i'd let you if you approach me i wouldn't be fearful at all and because uh, there are there are photographers that are quite pushy and yes. that can that can get people's backs up of course they're going to say no but you come across as so utterly charming with everyone that i do you get many knockbacks? Do many people say no? Don't take my picture. Uh, yes, people say you no. I mean, people uh, say no. Some people don't want their photographs yep. taken, and that's okay. Yep. You know, I, I I meet people all the time, and and uh, you know, I, it, it it goes both ways. I mean, some people just don't feel calm, especially women. If yeah. they, if their makeup is out of order, yeah. or they not right they don't want to take the photograph but there's also signs that tell me that they do want to take a photograph which i've learned just talk Uh, about that for a minute because that's a really interesting point is that like i think it's peacocking or something like you what are the signs you look for that tells you this person is going to want to be photographed first you have to explain what peacock (laughs) because i've never heard that term before it might be australian but i i'm I'm really people who um 
dress themselves and embellish themselves. Uh, so uh, long nails, painted nails, right. jewelry, right. hats, bangles, Scr- rings. They're dressed. They're 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 on show. Right. Uh, and that to me says when you see someone that's in a fancy suit, fancy hat, you think he's gonna he'll be he'll be good to photograph. Of course he won't, he's not gonna say no. Um and I've heard you talk about that yourself, that you notice these little things. So um is that the same thing? Is it there another term for it? Well, no. There's I I don't if there's another term for it, I don't know, but peacocking is the first time I've heard that term. <laughs> that's okay. I like it. Um uh, uh no, what I mean, what I mean by signs, uh, tell signs, I guess you could call them. I, I don't know what I, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, I think there's a certain psychology to to photographing people that you don't know on the streets, and and that comes with patience and learning and observing, and I've. I've always been an observer of people, of my surroundings, and not only because I was living in a life where I had to always constantly check around and look, make sure that everything was safe and I was safe, and but it it came with just uh, my curiosity about people, you know. So I watch and and I and I'm telling you. The psychological part of the fo- fo- photography gives you a great edge. And if people uh, people will argue with me on this case, I will argue right back. That is, it, it is so important to know the the psychology of of the human being and and how they their mannerisms and how they hunch. The, you know, you could see when somebody's uh, for me. I could see when somebody's pretty receptive to a photo to to in contrast to when someone's not as receptive and nine out of 10 times, I'm pretty, pretty much on target with that. Right. So I said, it could be, it could be um, a girl putting her hair over her ear or uh, just, you know, you could just see them, them kind of, almost posing, getting ready for, for, you know, for a photograph to be taking. And then you could see some cowering their shoulders and kind of like looking down at the floor. And, and these, these to me are little signs that I use and incorporate into my photography into into making photographs that work well for me anyway. Right. And, so finally, I know, and I know you get asked this question a lot because I do. I think a lot of portrait photographers also get asked this question, but from new photographers who want to take street portraits, but they're fearful. That fear, that that constant fear of like, what if I be, rege- what if I get rejected, or I just don't have the courage to approach someone. And it is a big deal. I remember the first time I approached someone. I remember shaking. I was so nervous. How how do you deal with that? How did you deal with that? What is it like now compared to say the first time you approach someone for a photo? I'm not going to lie. I still, I still get like, you know, apprehensive at times, you know, but as you know, it's practice, it's practice, practice, practice. I think everything, everything requires, everything requires constant, a constant, uh, interest and a constant, 
I'm for lack of better words, you just you just gotta keep keep on and keep pressing and keep fighting through these. And if it's if it's if it's something, I okay, I'll I'll say this. I would start out. I would start out with if I was given if I was given a tip to to uh, some a young photographer, I would tell them, let's start out. Why don't we start out with a friend of a friend that you don't know and just start out there. And then, you know, uh, you know, you got to take chances. This is part, this is the all, it's just the, it's a, it's just rolling the dice. And you know, life, life is going to hit you. It's going to slam you and it's going to drag you through the, through the mud. So I think I think it plays a big part in 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 uh, preparing for life and 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 also dealing with life's adversities. We, you know, it's it, it's taught me a great deal. You know, uh, approaching people, it's it's taught me about it's taught me about behavior. It's taught me about people's dispositions, and it's taught me about myself most of all. And so that, you know, I think there's a great advantage to pushing it a little bit and, and getting to know uh, people more. And that's part of the reason also why I engage in conversation, because I want to know, I want to have my finger on the pulse uh, when it comes to society and, and, and my surroundings. And you do it so beautifully, Donato. Um it's been amazing chatting to you. Very inspiring. I adore your work. Uh, what? Where can people find you um, online? And what have you got? What have you got going on? Do you want me to read out the links for you? Or um... <laughs> to me, it doesn't. It, it, you know, look, my my uh, my website needs to be updated, of course, yeah. and. Yeah, I think Instagram's a good place to check out your work. Um, so that's Donato dot Camillo. Camillo. Underscore. Underscore is it? Yeah. So it's D I C A M I L L O. All those links will be in the show notes. You're on Twitter. There's a website as well. Uh, so you've also got a workshop there might be a couple of spots left in that and so that is uh very soon so september 22nd and 23rd and it's got the best title ever the subtle art of uh giving a uh f-u-c-k fantastic (laughs) it's not a lot of giving a damn right you know, um, I, I find that I found that title to be so, so oh, suiting. I love it. Uh, it. And if I was in uh, New York, I'd come along. I'd, I'd love to uh, watch you shoot. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, um, I really appreciate the opportunity. And I love, I love, uh, I love doing what I do. Um, this year was a bit slow for me, but, you know, it, it took a lot. My dad was a big inspiration of in my course. life. Of course. And, you know, so it, it's it, look. We live, and that's and that's another thing that that can create good good photographs. When you're in an emotional place, uh, it could work both ways for you. You know, so exactly. Well, uh, I wish you continued success, Donato, and thanks again. Thank you so much, my dear, and thank you for having me on your show. 
Oh, wow. That was awesome. Such a cool interview. And of course, you can have a look at some of his images, which are in the show notes over at ginamilitia.com. They're, they're really awesome. They're just, they, they're palpable. They capture a moment. They capture an emotion. They capture the essence of the person who he's photographing. And I the know, energy, Gina. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, and I know, Gina, that you have been getting in the faces of lots of people. You've been taking yourself out of your comfort zone. I mean, you're an awesome photographer. Um, one of the things that uh, photography doesn't necessarily teach you is approaching strangers on the street and taking photos five centimeters away from their face. And that's something that you've been doing a little bit more of lately. Why? Yeah, because I want to um, – Teach myself how to photograph out of my comfort zone, exactly what you said. So often the people that I photograph are like a warm audience. And Mm. where I got this idea from Val was listening to comedians podcasts, believe it or not. I know, bizarre, but (laughs) many of them talk about the work that they do behind the scenes when they're not getting paid. So they're paid to do things like Netflix specials or to write for sitcoms and things like that. That's their paid gig. And that's like the equivalent of me doing um, the photography for a new show that's coming out or uh, the corporate headshots for someone. But the work is in developing my style, even if I don't continue to to, to shoot like this is trying to find uh, an audience that isn't warm to me. So the comedians, what they do is they make sure that they go and they do stand up in to an audience where nobody knows who they are. No yep. one is familiar with their work. They're going to get hecklers. And, yeah. you know, so this is the equivalent of me going to a bar where no one <laughs> knows who I am and getting heckled. And I'm out there and I'm finding people that don't know me and trying to work out how do I approach? What do I say? And I know I've talked about it with you a lot uh, behind the scenes. It's like I got knocked back a lot today or I got a lot of yeses. <laughs> and it, it is, it's not hard to do. If, if It doesn't matter where you live. If you're in a country location, get in a train or take the bus and and go to the next town across where no one knows who you are mm. and have a crack at shooting strangers. What are you going to say? It's challenging. It's challenging. But yeah. the, but what you get out of it is you are honing your skills. And I believe that you, you're not going to become a better photographer by doing um, a shoot once every three months or once a month. You, you've mm. got to be out there regularly. And even if that means if you're working in an office in the city, that mm. on your lunch hour, two or three times a week, you grab something that you can eat on the run mm. and then you go out and you try and do some street photography it's mm. gonna make a huge difference to uh how you how you how you work and even developing a style as well love it okay great anyway that was such a cool interview and um i i know that people are going to get really inspired especially especially after they see donato's shots all right so we're almost at the end of this week's episode what are you going to be doing in the coming week gina so I've got some lifestyle uh, shoots that I need to do and get finished and I've got a bit of um, editing to do as well and then I'm working on some new tutorials for the goal community. 
Awesome. What about you, Belle? A couple of things, well, many, many things, but one of the things I'm focusing on is I have so much homework for this, the course that I'm doing, the Diploma right. of Design, that I yeah. need to get on top of that. And the other thing is, and I literally just talked to my partner about this, is we need to build a photography set because I had this epiphany ah. this morning about this set that I need and I'll talk to you about this um, offline and once it gets, it gets underway we can share it with the um, with our listeners but um, it's still forming in my head but I I do have an idea of the kind of set I need for photography and um, I've just been talking to my partner about it because hopefully he will he will build it <laughs> Hopefully. So to photograph your, your 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 paintings, Val. Yes. So you'll have a set set lights to. I know exactly what you need because when I before I became a professional shooter, I worked in a lab for six months, and mm-hmm. we had that exact setup where people would bring in their art and oh. uh, it would go in this set and uh, and be photographed. Did so they that, shoot? Like it's did very, the lab shoot very, artwork? As yeah, well, on the side yeah, of or something. Course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, the lab did uh, that sort of photo. They did commercial photography, uh, and they printed. We printed black and white for uh, commercial photographers and high end artists. Yeah. And uh, they also did um, artwork. They copied artwork as well. Oh, okay. Uh, so cool. yes, there is a a way a way you can position your lights, but that would. D- I know because you want to get great images of your work mm. so that you can display it online and, yeah, got it, yep. all over it. Girl. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> that's a that's another discussion. All right. So where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com, that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, at Gina Militia on Instagram and Twitter. You'll find me in the podcast Facebook group, so that's So You Want to Be a Photographer. And if you want to connect with me in person, then check out the Goal Community. You can find that at ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community, and that's the place where you'll come and uh, be mentored by me. I'm working with photographers of all different levels, so I've got beginners who are just starting and getting them off auto and into manual mode. We have uh, pro photographers, so we're working with them in getting their pricing up and and quoting and working out lighting diagrams, how to take how to light their work better so that it saves their workflow. All sorts of stuff, all different levels. Uh, love doing that. So, and you, Val. Um, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also in the Gold community and in the Facebook group. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and we'd love to have you in there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.